Okay, let's get started. Today is February 12, 2023. This is episode 28 of Sunday Morning Manga. I am Derek S. McGrath. My pronouns are he, him, his. I live stream here every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern on Twitch and YouTube. A video recording will be available on YouTube and an audio version will be available on Substack and wherever you get your podcasts. You can read my writing on WordPress and other websites all at Derek S. McGrath. And you can email me Derek.S.McGrath at gmail.com. If you like what you're hearing, please consider a monetary contribution. Putting together this stream takes a bit of work and your tips help pay down costs for setup and subscriptions. One-time contributions can be sent to coffee.com slash Derek S. McGrath. You can subscribe monthly at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath for early access to new content. Thank you for your consideration. This stream is not endorsed by any companies mentioned, any persons mentioned, or any financial contributors mentioned. This stream is intended for information and entertainment purposes only. All names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this stream is an intellectual property of the speaker, me, unless otherwise indicated. The views and opinions expressed on this live stream are those of the speaker, also me, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any persons mentioned in this stream, this stream is not safe for work due to language. As with every Sunday, there is a live reaction to a new manga chapter. And ahead of Valentine's Day and the big game, let's get back to a manga that combines romance and sports. This time we're looking at chapter 88 of Blue Box. The series is written and illustrated by Koji Miura, translated into English by Christine Daschle, with lettering by Mark McMurray, the series is licensed in the United States by Viz, which you can read at their website. Links to Blue Box and other content from today's stream are available on my website, DerekSMcGrath.wordpress.com. There's also a script for today's stream and all images for greater accessibility. And as annoyed as you are hearing me say it, I'm just as annoyed seeing it. We're not out of this pandemic, people. Please mask up when going out or when you're indoors, and please get vaccinated. This week, a certain major newspaper reprinted an article from a certain libertarian publication trying to dissuade people from masking up, claiming that masks don't make any difference when it comes to protecting yourself from COVID. That is just utter nonsense, and I'm not going to get through all the different reasons, but they, in the article, were claiming masks don't make a difference because of various studies to that effect. Then I skipped to the last paragraph of the article because if you're going to read something, at least skim it on first try to see what they're keeping until the end of the article. Sorry about that, just looking at something on screen. Go ignore that for the moment. Okay, back on topic. The last paragraphs of the article pointed out that studies may not have accounted for why the masks weren't working, and they said it could have been because people weren't masked consistently, which would mean you're not protecting yourself from COVID because you didn't mask consistently, or you weren't masked properly, which 
means you weren't using the mask correctly and you got touching your face, which means you could have been spreading the virus to yourself. So yeah, that article was worthless. So no, I'm not going to mention that those publications that printed this nonsense article. They should be embarrassed that they're helping prolong this pandemic. Screw them, mask up, get up to date on all vaccinations, and just be careful out there. But before we get to anything else, I have stuff to plug, both my own and some other content that we'll get to in a moment. Now on Patreon, you can get early access to my audio commentary for episode 6 of Boongo Stray Dog Season 4, that's episode 43 overall. There is a massive content warning to that episode, and... Thus, for the audio commentary as well with regards to depictions of murder and torture in gruesome detail. Please be careful when watching Bugo and Stray Dogs on Crunchyroll and listening along to my audio commentaries while you watch the episode. You can hear that commentary now at the $5 tier at patreon.com slash Derek This audio commentary will be available for free on Tuesday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Coffee and Patreon contributors, including Emily Lauer, Alec Roach, and Alexis Duran. Thank you for your financial support. On to something other than plugging my own content, and I'll get into this more later in today's stream, but I want to promote three recent works that you should help support financially. First, the Professional Lab Podcast did a two-part episode on the value of healthcare in this country. You can listen to episodes 689 and 692 about healthcare at professionalleft.blogspot.com. You can contribute to them on Patreon, patreon.com slash prolabpod. Second, Jeff Harris has an excellent visualization of corporate homogeneity with what Paramount is doing to its branding. I don't want to spoil it too much, so please pull up the link available at DeviantArt. The link is on screen, and I think I neglected to include that in the description for today's video. Sorry, double-checking something. No, the link is included in the description. Please check it out. He did an excellent job breaking down how you can make something look so utterly boring and yet somehow, as he put it, he can imagine it somehow looking even more homogenous. Jeff does an excellent job illustrating how you could make something look really good, but how by just reducing everything down to just one corporate brand, you are denying a long history of what those brands mean and not really creating an identity that means anything. It just becomes a set of words rather than something deeper than that. After you check out his artwork at DeviantArt, please skip in a couple of dollars to Jeff at his PayPal link and buy him something on his Amazon wishlist. Links are included in the video description. And finally, I have neglected for way too long to plug this next author. I've been reading Ian Javier for a long time. They're writing about Ninja Turtles, Gargoyles, and other content. He just posted something for the 20th anniversary of the 2003 Ninja Turtles animated series. Looking at the beauty, warts, the good, the bad, the everything 
behind that series. Please check that out on his WordPress, nymonsters.wordpress.com. I didn't see a link for funding Ian's work. If you see it on his website, please kick in a couple of dollars to him. And please subscribe to his post at Monsters of New York on WordPress to know the next thing he's writing. Thank you for your consideration. We'll get back to those plugs and more at the end of the live stream. But now, let's move into today's live reaction. Today, we're looking at Chapter 88 of the Romantic Sports Manga Blue Box. The last time I did a live reaction to Blue Box was three months ago, when we looked at Chapter 75 of the series. Since then, a lot has happened, and I won't pretend that I fully understood all that was unfolding in the plot. I don't say all that quite as an insult to this series. Rather, as I said, it's been three months since I did a live reaction to the series. And while some plots have felt really slow that I struggled to say any progression was made, I also can say, geez, a lot of new plot threads have emerged that require me to reread chapter 76 to 87 to double check what I missed. So, my live reaction of chapter 75 was that there was really good paneling in that chapter, and the chapter was to show Hina really likes Taiki, really wants to confess to him. The paneling did a good job of both mixing together how claustrophobic it all feels, that everything feels really tight and confined between these two, that it's a close relationship. It's not that it's representing Hina as suffocating Taiki, but that there's a lot of pressure each one is putting on themselves to feel like they need to progress. That Hina thinks, I've liked Taiki all this time, but I'm going to give him his time to come to his own decision about whether he wants to date me, and Taiki, despite being told, no pressure, is putting so much pressure on himself. Chapter 76 and 77, I know I just said it felt really claustrophobic in the paneling. Keep that in mind when I describe what happens in those chapters. Chapter 76 and 77 pick up right after, where Ayame, one of Hina's classmates, gets Hina and Taiki alone so they can hang out and she hopes get Hina to just confess to Taiki and say, okay, let's go out on a date. And then Taiki cuts her off and says he just can't see them going out on a date ever. I personally don't buy Taiki's claim and I don't think even he buys what he's saying. This bothers me a little bit because it's prolonging the drama for the sake of prolonging the plot. Which, yeah, this is a romance. This is a serialized story. This is manga. That's regardless the genre, regardless the plot, regardless the medium. A story like this, acting like, oh, you're prolonging drama to ro prolong the plot... That's narrative. That's how this always works. You keep it going. You add some conflict to keep the story going. Taiki saying, I can't imagine ever dating you, is to keep the story going. Like I 
am also trying to say it's not unbelievable. It's not unrealistic for a young person or any person of any age, really, to not have all of their feelings sorted out, to still feel that pressure like you had to make a decision. And Taiki, I think, whether because of toxic models or not, felt like I had to make a decision, I had to stand firm, I had to do something. And this is on top of chapters where he already was saying, you know, the only thing I'm certain of is what my favorite color is and what my favorite flavor is. For him to make this decision comes across, to me anyway, less as he's making a firm decision and finally taking a stand and more like he himself is putting pressure on himself rather than I mean, not that Hina's doing the correct thing either, telling him, you know, no pressure, but then still confessing can be pressure. And even that they were older, these are two human beings who are going to make mistakes in how they look at a friendship, a relationship, and anything. It's not unbelievable it's not unrealistic to think i gotta make a decision and i think what we're gonna see with taiki is realizing maybe that was the wrong decision or he went about the wrong way or he didn't fully understand what he felt and was acting before he was ready i say all of that and it sounds like criticism directed at person directed at these characters personally I can't criticize someone for taking things slow. And it's not as if something can't change later. Where Taiki is trying to take things slow, it's not like something can't change later for him or for Hina to realize that they are into each other and they do start a relationship when they are ready for it. As I said, the last time I did a live reaction about Blue Blue Box... The paneling in the series overall remains really good. The two-page spread at the end of chapter 76 showing how small Hina and Taiki are within the very large gymnasium after the very claustrophobic panels. That's effective at setting the scene and showing how this is such a small relationship, such a small moment in the world despite how obviously important it is for both Hina and Taiki. It's the mangaka showing us perspective while not negating that it is valid to feel like a high school relationship or any relationship is the biggest thing ever before you pull back the camera and show you're still a small part of something bigger. Now... If I was more inclined to sports, I would also tie all this in to say kind of like how one high schooler's experience in a sport is not representative of everything in the entire world. But we'll get to that when we introduce Yumeka and given her own feelings of treating sports as the biggest thing ever instead of recognizing She's one player in an entire world of athletes and is putting so much pressure on herself. But again, we'll get to that. If I have any criticism about recent chapters of Blue Box, this felt like an abrupt end to Hina's story. 
I mean, it can't be the very end of her story, seeing as we get that coda in Chapter 80 where her friend Ayame, the one who tries to get Hina and Taiki alone, starts feeling a massive amount of guilt and decides, okay, I'm going to take Hina out to the mall to help her deal with her sadness. We're not done with Hina. We can't be. And given that Ayame has become a bigger part of the story and her own determinations about what she thinks a romance should be I'm not saying the story's ever going to say what she's thinking is wrong given that chapter 80 was very much a chapter demonstrating you need to hold to your own I guess ethics would be one of the words that you do need to hold to your own standards and not back down because of peer pressure you should revise your ethics by thinking through and practice and seeing what has changed but you wouldn't just change because someone told you to I don't think you would keep Ayame in the story and suggest she too was trying to figure out what romance is and she hasn't come to an answer yet I don't think you would end her story there with chapter 80 and given how closely entwined her story is with Hina's I can't see this being the end of Hina's story either but I'm getting off script after we had dealt with so much of what Hina's gone through as of chapter 78 we're back focusing on Taiki and Shinatsu's relationship how they're getting closer together and as soon as you think there is story progression there in comes that smug guy Matsuoka, sorry, Matsuoka, and he's there just to debase Taiki. He spends the entire time interfering with his state with Shinatsu and telling Taiki to get lost. He's the one who wants to hang out with Shinatsu for a bit. I had to read online that this smug guy Matsuoka actually shows up in the one-shot pilot for Blue Box, which then made me realize there was a one-shot pilot for Blue Box, which I then picked up and read, and man, I'm glad we didn't get that one-shot. I'm glad that's not canon. I'm glad that's not the beginning and end of this story, because as a one-shot, it has to rush Taiki and Shinatsu's relationship. Like, it's a pilot. It's a standalone story. I get it. That should be fine, but... Aside from how paint-by-numbers the plotting felt, which, again, kind of contradicts my point about if you're having drama just to extend the plot, isn't that a bad thing? Well, now I'm taking the other side saying you're rushing the plot, you should slow this down. There was something else about that pilot I didn't like. There's this really corny gag where Taiki walks in on Shinatsu changing clothes. That wasn't necessary in the series, and... I've appreciated how this series largely avoids those kind of gross cliches, so to see it in the pilot felt a little gross. It felt like, let's get this corny joke out of our system first and see how it registers with an audience. I'm going to hope an editor or an audience said, that joke didn't really work. Could you avoid those? Because Blue Box has... It's not that it's not cliche. It's not that... If you read it, you would not 
point out problems with portrayals by gender, whether by stereotypes or by what I think is trying to put pressure on Taiki, this toxic expectation to make a decision. But it never stooped to those kind of gags fetishizing bodies. So seeing that joke in the one shot was disappointing. Not having to sit through that kind of a gag in the manga, I've appreciated Unless I'm forgetting something and erased it from my mind, I don't remember the manga gain to that kind of a gag. But let me get back on topic and talk about where we are in the manga right now. The plot has again moved away from Taiki and Shinatsu, but that's actually not a bad thing. Thankfully, the story did so because it wanted to show us more Shinatsu's origin story. Her past, her childhood, how she got into sports. We meet Yumeka, the classmate that first got Shinatsu into basketball. Unfortunately, Yumeka has given up on the sport and she's become cold towards Shinatsu. Taiki learns all about this, and I won't go through all of the cliches about, or not cliches, how. It's a bit of a stretch for how he gets to run into Yumeka and how he gets to learn about her, but it's fine. We're having to do exposition. I get it. In any case, having learned what happened between her and Shinatsu, Taiki approaches Yumeka and tries to explain to her that it's silly to give up on basketball just because she has setback. At which point, Yumeka slaps Taiki. That's where we wrapped up chapter 87, so now we jump into a new chapter to see what happens after that slap. And this is because Taiki got into something that was none of his business. And given how embarrassed Yumeka looked, I know that I'm anticipating cliches that may not unfold, but... I cringe praying that we're not going to get something where Yumeka ends up getting a crush on Taiki as well because he was the first person to tell her to get over herself. I really hope we're not going in that direction. In any case, let's get started with today's live reaction of chapter 88 of Blue Box. Again, Blue Box is written and illustrated by Koji Miura. Translated into English by Christine Daschle with lettering by Mark McMurray. The series is licensed in the United States by Viz. You can read it at their website, viz.com slash shonenjump slash chapter slash blue box. Blue dash box, that is. Point it up on my phone and I better pull it up on my computer as well just to get as big a screen as I can for this. So one moment. I can already see on the first page how upset Yumeka looks, so again, I really hope we're not going to get into a corny, she realizes why Chinatsu is attracted to him, and then she herself starts being attracted. Odd captioning as well. Um, I've lost track of who originally said these lines. I believe that it was one of the characters we already met talking about how when a problem doesn't involve you, 
you suddenly think you can be candid. But the way it's written and translated here says, when you're not the person involved, you can make as many sound arguments as you want. So this is simultaneously suggesting Taiki is being reasonable, is making a sound argument, but I do have to sit here as the reader and think this is also none of his business. Part of me hopes that the story will acknowledge, hey, Taiki, you don't play White Knight. You're not the savior of everyone. You can talk with someone, but don't think that you're going to change them. So we see Taiki slaps. He's got the wide eyes. Shumeka's eyes are very narrow. She looks upset by what has unfolded. And he just shouts at her, well, that's my opinion. I didn't, I don't think I realized this, but one of the, uh, one of the comedic and storytelling inspirations of Blue Box seems to be Charlie Brown. Like, it seems to be that kind of a setup. These characters are very broad, they're very cartoonish, they're very hokey. And the fact that he just got slapped, this seems like if Charlie Brown got slapped and his first response was just a shout, well, that's just my opinion, she yells back that he's annoying. And she says to him, that face just screams, I'm right. So he's now getting more upset, thinking to himself, that's not how he looks. And it's like, dude, you're the typical shonen protagonist. You're, you got a face and determination. You might as well say, believe it at her. You are engaging in this typical, I'm right. And if I shout it, that makes it more correct. I can kind of see the shonen structure here. There's not a lot of ambiguity yet. It's just, we should get behind what Taiki is thinking here. I don't know. I'll be curious to see how the story justifies why we should think he's correct, or if it's going to subvert this to show he didn't think this through completely, and this was rather inappropriate to talk to Yumeka like this. She explains that she doesn't associate with Shinatsu anymore and that he should stay out of this. He's the one who says that she got involved, so now we're just getting a back and forth of, no you, no you did it. I'm not saying this would be a good lesson if you're teaching debates at the high school or college level, but this is a pretty reductive argument so far. So Yumeka finally spells it out saying that her concern is that Shinatsu is not practicing like she did before and without demonstrating that drive to become the best player in the nation that she's not going to get any higher. Now this speaks to Taiki in two ways and that's communicated just by his wide-eyed look at Yumeka, whose eyes have now disappeared under her bangs. For Taiki, this is not just, oh, Shinatsu's dream will collapse. This is also Taiki worrying about himself that if he doesn't go any further, then will he be the best that he can be in sports? And it's also Taiki now realizing something that didn't come to my mind because I just thought oh okay this makes sense she's actually worried about her friend not herself but it does surprise Taiki he's thinking she's not angry because I said something about her 
she's angry because she's thinking that this is applicable to Chinatsu as well. That if you make a refuse to continue with sports, does that mean Taiki is also being that judgmental when it comes to Chinatsu? And that's when you make a, I guess, is basically defending her friend's honor and slapping Taiki because it's one thing to insult Yumeika, but to insult Chinatsu is not going to be tolerated. They're interrupted by one of their mutual friends, and Taiki is still planning to be a meddler because he thinks, I knew it, those two can't stay like this. We have a time skip to the next morning. His mother tells him to put food into the bento boxes. He already implies, or rather just straight up asks, did you sleep in? And the mom has to confess and say that she was watching Korean soap dramas. Because... Everyone woke up later except Chinatsu. She's already out for the day to start doing more prep work for the Winter Cup. And since she wasn't able to get lunch ready in time, she tells Taiki to bring Chinatsu her lunch at the club room as well. And this is when Taiki starts thinking maybe he could make a good luck message on her meal for her. And then he cringes at that thinking that's too corny as well. When he adds all the additional food thinking, well, at least he can give her enough food to give her energy. His mom has to say, you overstuffed it. Now I can't get the lid on. Taiki shows up late. He explains he was at the convenience store. He and his teammates are looking at how busy the court is as everyone is getting ready for tournaments for the basketball tournament. And I flip to the next page. And while Taiki is distracted by watching Shinatsu practicing, Hina has arrived. She doesn't quite get the cold shoulder, but just says morning to him after he says morning and keeps walking. Hina's friend intervenes and reassures Taiki that even if things aren't going well between the two of them as people, at least Hina is doing the best that she has ever done in gymnastics, so she's going to be fine. And then Hina's classmate has to say, looks like you have had less of an effect on Hina's life than I thought, and walks away and Taiki being such a Charlie Brown blockhead can't quite process this when what's being communicated is I thought that she really would have fallen behind because you wouldn't even date her but turns out you weren't that important to begin with because she can still keep going which that is such an incredible way to insult someone. We cut to elsewhere. Chinatsu sees that her lunch is left out which surprises her she reaches in and finds a knockoff of a Kit Kat bar and realizes who was the one who dropped it off. We get an adorable smile and not eyes welling with tears, but just super reflective. Chinatsu hurries up back to the court. Meanwhile, we see the boys team practicing basketball. Chinatsu is watching them playing and she approaches 
Yuna to says about the play Yuna just made and decides to offer constructive criticism to Yuna saying you don't need to panic I think you can be more aggressive if you want extra practice we can do that in the morning or after Yuna gets really upset apologizes for not getting this right apologizes again apologizes for saying they're not that good this is at that point Yuna then shouts don't assume that we can all put in the same effort that you do so we're getting a variety of perspectives which I do like about this manga nothing is ever presented as this is the only right way to play the sport or the only way you should interpret a situation with another person from Yumeka, we heard Chinatsu isn't trying hard enough. Maybe she's correct because Yumeka does know Chinatsu better than a lot of other people do. But then her classmates will hear her and say, it's not that all of us are as good as you are at this sport. And I want to apologize. I may have misgendered Yuna. I thought that this was the boys team looking through the panels again. It may be co-ed playing, so I apologize if I am misgendering Yuna. I will use they pronouns until I double check this later. So Yuna again says the entire rant about not all of us putting the same effort as you before stopping themselves and says that they blew a flute a fuse Shinatsu says it's okay I'm not perfect either let's just do our best she says it with a smile and then we see the basketball talking I mean not literally this isn't the soul eater piano starts talking but next to the basketball is a text that says you're the first one here again so looks to be a flashback so Looks to be you make a scene Shinatsu practicing back when they were younger. And this is how we wrap up the chapter with Shinatsu carrying items. And Shinatsu is blushing because this is the first time or maybe one of the first times Yumeka has complimented her. What Yumeka had said was you may think that you don't have time for other things but whether you can actually do it or not is a whole other thing that's your talent to be able to do it so I'm trying to figure out what this says about the story at this point because it seems like it's suggesting Shinatsu has the talent to be able to set her mind to something and do it or schedule the time and do it and that she I mean, even looking here in the earlier panels, she says that she doesn't want to skip for video games or hanging out with friends if she can't catch up to others because she's not putting in the time she needs. It This is either a moment of Shinatsu realizing she herself has not followed the advice she just gave to Yuna, or it's her realizing Yumeka was a really close friend and that's fallen apart, or... Shinatsu realizing, kind of going back to what I already said, but maybe a little different, if she's going to tell Yuna to try harder, 
but Shinatsu isn't trying harder like she used to, then is she really one to talk? And how does that show her own imperfections? Because it's one thing to say to Yuna, I'm not perfect either, but to say it and then not process, oh yeah, I'm not better either, I should think about that. I don't know. It's a weird way to wrap up this chapter. So, what do you think? What do you think we're to hear from Chinatsu in this moment? Are we to think that she's realizing that she lost a friendship? Or are we to hear... I don't know. I guess I'll just leave it at that is... What do you think we should be hearing at this moment in the story? Feel free to leave your comments in the chat, or you can send me an email, derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. And with that, we'll wrap up here for today. All that's left is to do the typical credits and plugs. So thanks for listening to this week's stream of Sunday Morning Manga. What did you think of this chapter of Blue Box? Please let me know in the comment section or send me an email, derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. Music today include the tracks Los Angeles by Music Production and Sunshine by Lemon Music Studio. These songs are royalty-free and available at Pixabay. Links are in the video description. If you like what you heard, please let me know. Contributions at coffee.com slash and patreon.com slash are appreciated. Please include a note letting me know letting me know what you liked in the live stream and what you would like to hear more of. If you thought anything in today's live stream would suit your website needs, such as news, commentary, or analysis of comics, anime, or larger pop culture, please reach out to me via email, derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. I can adapt remarks from today's live stream into an article for your site. I'm in the process of revising last week's remarks about Mashal for what I hope I can get out before the Mashal anime comes out, or if not, once the first few episodes come out to talk about how comedy and action are balanced in the series. If you have a request for something you'd like me to talk about on the Sunday live stream, Drop me a contribution in the coffee tip jar or monthly Patreon subscription, $1 minimum for either. If it's something I'm comfortable covering here and it's pretty much the same kind of content warnings as anything else I cover, I'll consider it or talk with you as a coffee or Patreon contributor and we'll find something you're up for me to talk about and something I'm up to talk about. You can join other coffee and Patreon contributors such as Emily Lauer, Alec Roach, and Alexis Duran. Thank you all for your support. And if you like what you heard or you didn't like what you heard, there is stuff from other people that is awesome. As I said at the beginning of the stream, or closer to the beginning, there were three works in particular I want to focus on. First, the Professional Left Podcast did a two-part episode on the value of healthcare in the United States. You can listen to episodes 689 and 692 about healthcare at professionalleft.blogspot.com and contribute to their Patreon, patreon.com slash proleftpod. 
Second, Jeff Harris has an excellent visualization of corporate homogeneity with what Paramount is doing to its branding. Please kick in a couple of dollars to Jeff at his PayPal link and please buy him something on his Amazon wishlist. This was an excellent post that, yeah, on the one hand, Jeff's art is really good. On the other hand, I get his point that if this kind of flattening of corporate branding persists, you're erasing a history of what that brand has contributed and you are making things not stand out as unique. Why would you watch something called Paramount Kids, for example, when you can watch something called Nickelodeon? One grabs your attention far more than the other. Jeff goes into it in better detail than I can. Please pull up the link at DeviantArt included in the description for today's stream. And the third of the three posts that I want to spotlight was Ian Javier's post at Monsters of New York looking at the beauty and the warts, the good and the bad of the 2003 Ninja Turtles series on what is its 20th anniversary. I didn't see a link on Ian's website where you can fund his work, so please subscribe to his post at Monsters of New York on WordPress. And there are other plugs to share. There are illustrators you can commission, such as Golden Sun Deer at Twitter.com slash Golden Sun Deer. You might be seeing more of their artwork here next weekend, so watch out for that. And illustrator and Twitch streamer Ichi Rose at Twitter.com slash Ichi underscore Rose underscore and Twitch.tv slash Eve underscore Chi underscore. Speaking of people on Twitch... There is Micah Solasad and Ayu. They are anime voice actors. They unpack card games. They do illustrative challenges. They just hang out at twitch.tv slash hellopainapple. Yesterday, Micah did a Q&A about his work in anime and animation, his life, his history, his bio, talking about some of his favorite roles, challenges in art, and also plugging the D&D style isekai he and Ayu and other voice actors do. Titled Sun Death Sudden Life is currently available for $5 patrons. Patreon.com slash Studio, And they will be doing additional streams in the next couple of weeks. Q&As, autograph signings. Stay up to date by visiting their websites for more information. Also on Twitch, there is Black Comics Chat. Check them out as they dissect animation classics from the 1980s and 90s during their cartoons and serial streams. Follow them on the Bird app, twitter.com slash blackcomicschat, for more art and comics from marginalized creators. And I should have said this at the beginning of the stream, looks like they started at 11.15 this morning, so... Turn this off. You can catch me later. Go pull up Black Comics Chat on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Black Comics Chat. And other content to plug. Please check out the YouTube channel Irregulars Productions for parodies and fan content about the anime Soul Eater. Next Sunday, let's look again at the musical manga 6P and read chapter 69 together. Until next Sunday, I've been Derek S. McGrath. You have a good morning and a good afternoon. Bye.